Welcome back to the Design Your Dream Your podcast, a place where we discuss all things mindset, manifestation, self-healing, and development to help you create the most fulfilling, freeing, fun, and abundant life possible. I'm, of course, your host, Allison, back with part two, all about seven little-known things draining your energy. I'm talking about these sneaky little things that a lot of us are not even aware of that are siphoning our energy away like little energy vampires, leaving us feeling more tired and exhausted and sluggish than we want to be. Because I don't know about you, but I want to have the energy for the things that are important to me. And nothing is more frustrating than having these things that you really want to do. You're genuinely excited about them, but you're just like, I am too mentally drained. I'm too physically drained. So that is what inspired this episode. Now, like I said, this is part two. So if you missed it, part one was the very last episode. And we talked about seven, again, seven little little known things that are draining your energy. So if you did not listen to that one, be sure to give it a listen. Doesn't matter what order you listen to these in. You can listen to this one first and then go back and listen to that one. It's just a literal list of seven things that you may not be aware of that are taking from your energy so that you can clear those things so that you can take care of those things, whatever it may be, address them so that you can have more energy for the things that matter in your life. So without further ado, I'm not going to beat around the bush today. I'm going to hop right in to seven more little known things draining your energy. Now I am going to throw a super quick disclaimer in this episode, like I did in episode number one. Uh, And they are, the disclaimer is that there are pretty much four basic things that you need to be doing on a regular basis. Otherwise you are likely going to feel a lot more tired. And those are kind of like your foundational, more what I would consider obvious things like uh, getting enough sleep, um, drinking enough water, eating enough healthy nutrient dense foods and moving your body some. Those are all kind of foundational things that your body needs in order to have energy, right? So uh, make sure that those things are things that are addressed. um, And and those are the more obvious things, like I said. So we're just going to brush over those. Bam, done. Okay. So moving on to the lesser obvious things that are potentially draining your energy, starting with thing number one, which is trying to remember too many things whether it's trying to remember to call someone back, a date you need to write down, an inspirational idea that pops up that you don't want to forget, what time you need to be ready for something tomorrow, uh, what to buy at the store, all of the things that you need to get done at work on your to-do list. These things take up space and mental energy in your brain. And the more that you are trying to hold on to these things, whatever they are, they are going to take up energy because you're going to consistently be trying not to forget them consciously and unconsciously. It's taking up your energy. So this is thing number one, because this has been truly, I know I say life changing a lot, but this really is life changing and clearing away my um, clutter in my mind and creating more space and giving me more energy. And that is I brain dump things into my phone instantly when they come up. 
So I have a space where I dump all of my creative ideas and inspiration. Um, I use Trello for that, but you could literally use whatever you wanted. You could have a notes app on your phone. There's things like, um, I think it's called Wonderlist or to-do list, Evernote. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Point is, is there's a bazillion different apps that you could use um, to have a space where you keep track of all of your creative ideas and inspirations. If you're like me and they just come to you automatically, I get those out onto my phone the second they pop up into my brain, unless of course I'm doing something where I can't, like I'm driving, but I make it a point to do it as soon as I am done driving. Or I will immediately, if I have something that pops up that I remember I need to schedule or someone tells me something that I don't want to forget, I will instantly add it into my calendar. I have a running list for all the things that I need to buy at the grocery store. And I even have that categorized by like, you know, grocery items or items from Target or now that I'm married and my husband is obsessed with Costco, there's a Costco list. But I have different lists on my phone so that if I am remembering something or I'm like in the kitchen and I'm like, okay, I just used up all the oat milk, I can put it in the list right then and there. That way I'm not trying to remember what it was that I needed to get more of because it is so frustrating when you're like at the store and you're like, man, I know there was something I needed. You went all the way out there. You end up getting a bunch of things except the thing that you needed and you get home only to discover that you are still out of that thing. So I you know, have lists on my phone. I will also set alarms on my phone for things that I need to do the next day. So before I'm off work the day before or if it's a weekend, whatever, I will set any alarms for things that I know I need to do. Like if I have a meeting with someone, I set an alarm for it the day before. If I want to get up at a perfect time, obviously I set an alarm for that the day before. So I have a million alarms. My husband thinks I'm silly because I he knows he knows I set alarms for anything, but for me, that is a way to create. Uh, more mental space. Like I will block out my day if I'm working or should I say when I'm working, I block out my day so that I know like, okay, I'm going to devote the next two hours to this activity and I would like to be done around this time so I can move on to the next thing. I'll set an alarm so that I'm not consistently trying to look up at the time and be like, how much time do I have left? It's no, I know that my alarm is going to go off. I don't need to worry about it. So all of this to say is that Brain dumping is a great way to clear your mental space and to conserve your energy. So get a brain dumping system in place, whatever that looks like for you. I love Trello, but I also use my notes app. There's a million different apps. Just find one that you like, but find a place for inspiration and ideas. Obviously a calendar, grocery lists, item lists, alarms, um, all of that stuff. So that is thing number one. I'm super passionate about it and it just conserves so much space on the hard drive that is my mind. Now, thing number two that could potentially be draining your energy is staying in fear instead of stepping into the unknown towards what you want. Now, I can say that most people myself included at many points in my life, 
we all have things that we want to do, right? Whether it's to start a business, whether it's to go after that new job, whether it's to put ourselves out there, get back on the dating scene, whether it's to write that book, whether it's to take steps to move to that place we want to move to, whatever it is, we have these things that we want to do that a lot of times we're afraid to do because it is the unknown and it's scary and we can't predict it and we are wired to stay in the same exact place, literally wired. That is the whole point of our ego is to keep us alive in this physical 3D reality. So to our brains, that means keeping us exactly where we are because exactly where we are your brain is like, okay, we're alive right now as things are. So let's keep it the same. Anything new is perceived as not safe since it's something we haven't done before, even if that new thing is actually a change for the better. But the mental and emotional energy that we spend on coming up with worst case scenarios not to mention the drain we feel staying where we are and resisting the thing that we really want to do is far more exhausting than actually doing it. Can you think of a time where there was something that you know you need to do? Maybe it was something you needed to do. Maybe it was something that you wanted to do, but you were afraid to do it for whatever reason. You were dreading it for whatever reason. And then when you actually did it, you were like, oh, that wasn't so bad. In fact, it was pretty painless. The buildup though, that you created in your mind for who knows, maybe it was hours, days, weeks, months, whatever it was, that was far worse far more exhausting and a lot more draining because of all the energy that you spent in that state of fear. So, you know, maybe right now you're staying in a job that you hate because you're too afraid to find something else or to start that business that you've been dreaming about. But think about it this way. How exhausting is it to show up at this job every day that maybe you just hate and you're dreading going to work every day? You, you're, look, you're dreading the next day as soon as you get home or staying in a relationship. You know, a lot of times we tend to stay in relationships. I'm speaking for myself here in previous years. We're, we're talking college years especially, but like staying in a relationship that you know is not a relationship you want to be in. Like, you know for a fact this is not my person, but you stay in the relationship for fear of ending things just because you don't want to hurt the person's feeling, for fear of being single, for fear that you won't find someone else. But the energy that is spent in that state of fear, resisting what we actually really want is far greater than actually doing the thing. In a lot of times when we actually do the thing, it's not even that scary. Or if it is, it's just like, oh, okay, it's like a Band-Aid. It's scary for a minute. Or it's less scary than the, put the show that we put on <laughs> in our brains. For example, I have just created this manifestation planner, which I'll talk more about um, at, a, at a different time because I'm so excited about it. This is a project that I have been wanting to do for years, probably since 2017 or so. So for a really long time, and it's, it's more than a planner, actually. It's like a combination of a planner, a guide, a journal, a workbook. It's going to be really cool. That's my point. But I have been putting it off for years, for 
a multitude of reasons, a lot of them driven by fear. Oh, what if no one likes it? What if no one buys it? What if I just waste all my time and I'm the only one who wants it? What if this? What if that? It's too expensive, blah, blah, blah. I had all these reasons. And finally, a few months ago, I'm like, no, this is a project that I want. It's something that I'm passionate about. I need to get out of this fear state that is just sucking up all my energy and channel it into actually creating the dang thing. So guess what? I created the dang thing and it hasn't been, it hasn't been bad at all. Like it hasn't been bad at all. Like, of course there have been moments where I've come up against little roadblocks, like trying to find the right printer for it and things like that. But it's like the, the, the amount of energy that has been required to create the planner. It's like, it's just been flowing out of me because it's something that I really wanted. It hasn't felt exhausting. It is, it it was when I was staying in that state of constantly thinking about it and wishing about it. And Oh my God, what if this, what if that, that was far more exhausting. So staying in fear instead of stepping into the unknown towards what you want is a little known thing that could potentially be draining your energy. So the third thing that might be draining your energy is neglecting personal boundaries by saying yes to everything. Neglecting personal boundaries and saying yes to everything can be incredibly draining to our energy levels and to our overall well-being because when we constantly prioritize the needs and expectations over over others, you know, instead of our own, or when we spread ourselves too thin by saying yes to everything, we invite in serious overwhelm and exhaustion because we're trying to do too many things. Maybe we end up taking on way more responsibilities and commitments than we can handle, which then leads to a never-ending to-do list and more stress and a constant feeling of being overwhelmed. Um, you know, and then it becomes difficult to find time for just self-care or time to spend on our personal interests or to just relax. Our energy is dispersed in a million different directions and it's exhausting. Or here's the other thing, neglecting personal boundaries or maybe failing to have any in the first place. That can also be extra draining on our energy because Neglecting personal boundaries can result in a lack of authenticity and alignment with our true desires and values. Because when we constantly say yes to other people, we are saying no to something else. Every yes means you are saying no to something. And That may result in, you know, compromising our own wants and our own needs, what we want to do by putting them on the back burner, which can leave us feeling unfulfilled. Uh, It can leave us feeling resentful sometimes and just kind of exhausted and disconnected from ourselves, from what we want and our desires and our purpose. And not only that, But constantly saying yes can also erode self-confidence and self-worth because it sends a message every time we, we either roll over our own boundaries or just don't have any, 
that communicates to ourselves when we do that, that sends a message to ourselves that our needs are not important or maybe as worthy um, of consideration, which can then lead to cycles like people pleasing <laughs> and further draining our energy. So this is a big one in order to preserve your energy and just like your overall sense of well-being, it's essential to establish and also maintain clear personal boundaries. You know, learning to say no. No is a complete sentence, by the way. You don't need to justify it. You don't need to, you know, ramble on about why you're saying no. I'm talking to myself here. I have realized that I have a hard time sometimes just saying no. I always feel the need to over-explain everything and over-justify everything. And I've realized that's, you know, that's a fear, fear response. Um, but anyway, my point being is we've got to set and maintain boundaries in order to maintain our energy. I like to say that if it is not a hell yes, then it is a hell no. Because again, when you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. And when we say no to things that we don't actually really want to do, we can then make room for things that we do want to do. We can then do things like prioritize or self-care focus or focus on the things that actually matter to us and we're not spreading ourselves too thin. So ask yourself if this is resonating with you, what are some boundaries that you can set? Um, some of the ones that I have personally are, I am done with work by 4.30 at the latest. This is a boundary I set years ago because I often share, if you listen to my earlier podcast episodes back when I talked about business, um, I really struggled with overworking as a sort of uh, overcompensation because I thought my self-worth was derived from my productivity and my achievements. So I really struggled with overworking. I had no boundaries. I would work 12, 13, 14, 18 hour days. Uh, my, my boyfriend at the time, I remember he would always be like disappointed because I could never do anything. It would be like seven o'clock and I would be busy working. So years ago, I set a boundary about when I would be done with work and I hold to that. So I am done working by 4.30 p.m. Um, I don't work weekends. I don't check email outside of work. I don't even have it on my phone. I check it once a day at most on certain days. And I don't say yes to things unless it is a hell yes. I no longer say yes to things out of obligation that I don't wanna do. I no longer say yes to things just because, oh, I don't wanna hurt the person's feelings if it's not something that I actually wanna do. So those are some examples of the type of boundaries that I have which have really helped to preserve my energy because I'm not doing all these things that I don't actually really want to do. So what was that, number three? Yes, so moving on to the fourth little known thing that might be draining your energy is, we'll get back to the episode in just a minute, but I wanted to take a second to share my absolute favorite secret weapon for manifestation, which is listening to subliminal audios daily because they are the key to effortless success when it comes to manifesting what I want. And the best part is they require basically no effort while delivering maximum impact. 
Subliminal messages are simply any stimuli that are below a person's conscious perception and are only perceived by the subconscious mind. Subliminal audios work by embedding positive affirmations oh so quietly underneath soothing music so that as you listen, all you consciously hear is the music, when in reality, tons of empowering affirmations are directly influencing your subconscious mind, rewiring neural pathways, reprogramming your beliefs, and seriously amplifying your manifestation abilities. Backed by science and countless research studies, Subliminal audios seriously fast track your manifestation results by getting your subconscious mind on board with your goals and desires. You can use them to manifest better health, career success, more abundance, the perfect partner, literally anything. Easily download them to your phone, pop in your earbuds, and just listen to the music as you go about your day doing whatever the heck you want, working, cooking, petting your cat, you can even listen to them while you sleep, which is my personal favorite. I even created a nine-hour subliminal set to white noise that I use every single night. Go to my website, designyourdreamyear.com to grab your subliminal audio or just click the link below in the show notes. Fourth little-known thing that might be draining your energy is holding on to toxic relationships or friendships. A huge energy drain is surrounding yourself with negative or drama-inducing people. The wrong people. And by wrong, I don't mean like that they're bad. I just mean wrong in terms of they are the wrong people for you. One person might be a good match for someone else and not be the right match for you, and that's okay. Or maybe they were good for you at one point and you have outgrown each other and now you are no longer the best fit for one another. And I, I mean in any sort of relationship, not just romantic ones, but friendships or what peer groups or whatever, even mentors. So if you find yourself consistently feeling drained or worse than you did before hanging out with someone, that might be something to look at. So I wrote down some clues of what to look for in people that might be, quote unquote, the wrong people. So people who might be the wrong people that are draining your energy are people who downplay your feelings and your, opinion, and your opinions, your ideas. They downplay your good news. Um, they're the people who don't ever check in on you. They don't reciprocate the energy and the love and the support that maybe you give to them. You're always giving and they're not actually reaching out to initiate anything. Um, they don't want to see you grow and rise above it. They just want to keep you stuck where they are in this dramatic negative cycle with them. Um, maybe they're just constantly emotionally dumping on you without your consent and they're not even really interested in finding solutions. They just want to talk about it and sit in the muck. Um, people who are reliably in are re repeatedly unreliable and inconsiderate. Um, people who discourage you from, you know, making positive changes, healthy habits, engaging in self-care, growing yourself, you know, people who say things like, oh, you've changed, like, 
I'm like, yeah, I've changed. That's a good thing. Like, haven't you? You want to change. You're here to grow, evolve, and learn not to stay the same. So when people say that as a sign of disgust, I see that as a bit of like a, hmm, maybe I should pay attention to this because that's not great. Whereas... The right people, people you want to surround yourself, are people that actually leave you feeling better when you're with them the majority of the time. They're people who may even give you energy. They are people who are reliable and considerate. They respect your boundaries, (laughs) boundaries like we just talked about. They celebrate your success and progress. They don't downplay your feelings or your good news, your opinions or ideas. They actually reciprocate the love and the energy that you give. And if they do, you know, let's face it, we all from time to time may engage in some dumping where we just need to do a little ranting. We're going through a hard time. But the but the thing here is, is that you're not just staying stuck in that cycle of ranting. You are solution focused, solution focused, not drama focused. But generally, these people are people that leave you better after being with them in some way. So if this is resonating, maybe ask yourself, you know, am I holding on to friendships or relationships that I've outgrown? And that's okay. You don't have to stay friends with someone for life or, or you know, hang out with people in some capacity that are not adding to your life in any positive way positive way. So going, uh, going along, that was number, uh, four. Yes. So holding onto toxic relationships or friendships. Um, and I know that I really resonated with this one because there, you know, have been people in my life over the last few years where I'm like, man, I I felt bad about like, I don't really want to hang out with them, but I began to realize like, I never, when they reached out, it was like, I didn't want to do anything because I knew that I was just going to feel worse or drained after. And, you know, creating space for new people to come in has been really, really awesome. And new people have come in that have actually, uh, you know, positively added to my life and, and actually make me feel energized after hanging out with them. Okay. So moving on. Thing number five that may be contributing to draining your energy is too much multitasking and constant distractions. I used to brag about my ability to multitask for years until I learned about context switching, which you can Google. It's an actual thing. (laughs) And then I also realized um, for myself, as someone who is on the autism spectrum, I discovered that I'm autistic about two years ago at this point, that one of my personal autistic traits is actually difficulty switching tasks. So there is an extra layer of me um, as far as added energy drain when it comes to multitasking and constant distractions. When we engage in too much multitasking and succumb to constant distractions, it drains our energy because our focus is divided all over the place among too many things and it just fragments your attention. And when we try to juggle multiple tasks simultaneously, our efficiency and effectiveness just take, they just tank 
and that is context switching. Your brain has to actually catch up every single time that you switch to a new task. And this can sometimes take like 20 minutes. So that's context switching between tasks and multiple distractions. This decreases your productivity and it also creates more mental fatigue because our brain becomes overwhelmed, which leads to more stress and then it leads to feeling more mentally drained. So to preserve our energy, it's important to really focus on prioritizing one task at a time and minimizing distractions so that we only you know, are focusing on one thing which we can, so we can conserve our energy but also enhance our ability to focus and accomplish that one task more effectively so we're going to feel better, we're going to feel less tired and actually get more done. So close those millions of tabs on your computer, stop checking email every two seconds, you know, turn off the phone notifications. Oh my God, I, I've talked about this before, but turning off all the notifications, I don't have any notifications on my phone except for phone calls and text messages. All other notifications, especially for social media, are off life-changing, you know, stop scrolling social media as you're watching a movie or trying to do something in the background. Maybe I'm talking to myself on that one too. I have a tendency to like watch a movie. Like I want to watch something, but then it's like, I'm scrolling my phone at the same time. Like, why am I doing that? I'm distracting myself from the thing that I wanted to watch. So Speaking for myself on that one, but multitasking can be a huge energy drain. Okay, speaking of distractions, I don't know if you could hear it or not, but moments ago, I was getting super distracted because the mowers were coming. My husband and I live in a house, and thankfully, we don't have to worry about mowing the lawn, but the mowers started coming, and I was like, getting distracted because I'm like, oh no, people are going to be able to hear it. Oh no, should I keep going? Should I stop? Should I try and power through? So if it's, and not only that, but there was a spider that was crawling on the window. So the mowers plus the spider, I was getting distracted. If it sounded like my brain was going off the rails a little bit, it was. So anyway, Apologize for that. Apologize if you could hear any mowing. There still is some mowing going on, but I think they have passed the closest point to where I'm sitting. So hopefully it's not too bad. We're going to keep rolling. You know, this is real life. This is real life. So where were we? Oh, yes. Okay. So we just talked about thing number five that might be draining your energy, which is too much multitasking and constant distractions. Thing number six that might be draining your energy and you are unaware of it is overconsumption of not so healthy coping mechanisms, be it alcohol, you know, drugs, excessive social media use, um, ignoring or avoiding problems or difficult emotions instead of facing them directly. This is something we actually talked about in the last episode. Um, maybe the you know coping mechanism is excessive work or busyness where you overload yourself with work or to-dos in order to avoid whatever it is that you're trying to avoid. I know that was me. Like I just mentioned, I used to overwork myself into the ground because I had some major self-worth issues. 
So whatever it is, you know, there are things that we do to make ourselves feel better, but they actually end up making us feel worse in the long run. I know that I personally feel totally drained of energy after alcohol nowadays, especially anything more than one drink. I don't know if it's because I'm getting too old or what it is, but my body just does not handle alcohol the same way that it used to. I'll have one glass of wine, uh, definitely after two, and I wake up the next day and I feel like I've been hit by a bus. Or I also know that I'll feel, you know, totally drained after I've consumed, you know, half a container of brownies. It's like it was delicious in the moment when I was emotionally eating it, but then I feel more tired afterwards because now I'm you know, overloaded on sugar. So if this is something that you know maybe that you do, and, and a lot of us do, and this is not to sound judgy, like we all have our coping mechanisms and they can be helpful sometimes, but if they're done consistently, they're going to be an energy drain. Uh, so just begin to notice what you tend to veer to when you're avoiding something, whether it is over consuming social media or whatever it is, begin to notice which foods and beverages leave you feeling better after or worse after. Notice just what you're turning to when you're avoiding someone else. And it's something that you do consistently and it's something that is going to be draining your energy. See if you can swap it out for something that is more in alignment with helping you to um, actually, you know, confront what you're avoiding and to also feel better, whether it's talking with a trusted friend or a mentor or a therapist, whether it's journaling your feelings, whether it is actually feeling your feelings so that you can release them. That was something else we talked about in the last episode, but engaging consistently and not so healthy coping, not so healthy coping mechanisms can really be an energy drain in the long run if we're doing it, like I said, consistently. And then the last thing, thing number seven that may be draining your energy without you knowing is not being yourself. Have you ever tried to pretend to be a certain way in order to be liked or to fit in? Spoiler alert, I'm pretty sure we all have at some point or another, but like Maybe you've tried to fit in with the crowd at work by dressing a certain way or trying to act more professional, or maybe on a date you pretended to be interested in sports when you actually hate them because you wanted to think, you know, you wanted the person to like you, or maybe you hid your quirky self because you didn't want to come off as too weird, whatever it is, not being your authentic self on a consistent basis is utterly exhausting. It's a complete energy drain because it requires constant effort and suppression. Hiding our, uh, you know, hiding or altering our true feelings, our true thoughts, desires, personality, whatever, in order to fit societal expectations or to gain approval just creates so much internal conflict. And this conflict between who we really are and who we pretend to be, it takes a big toll on our energy levels because it requires us to constantly monitor and filter our behavior, which can also lead to feelings of just general disconnection, uh, uh, anxiety, insecurity. 
Um, as someone who just recently discovered that they're autistic, and by recently, I mean two years ago, so I guess, you know, in the scheme of things, that's not super recent anymore, although it feels recent. I don't know what happened. The last two years have disappeared. But I've learned about something that is common in the autistic world called masking, where you basically suppress certain behaviors that you find soothing, but that think that other people might feel weird, um, such as stimming, if you know what that is, uh, or your like intense special interests. That's a common trait of people on the autism spectrum. They have intense special interests that they like to go on and on. Whatever it is, it's just been kind of eye-opening for me because I do things that I now realize make more sense now that I know that I'm autistic. Like I like to make a lot of weird sounds randomly, repetitively. I can get on these certain thought trains and get hyper-focused. And while I do be myself and I do share some of that weirdness and the, the voices and the sounds, it is at a level being suppressed a bit because if I... I'm still worried on some level that like, well, if people knew how weird I really am, then they're not going to like me anymore. So I think this is something that we can all relate to is this fear of being ourselves because we all just want to be liked and accepted when deep down, we probably know that that's impossible. Not everyone's going to like us and that's okay. <laughs> but by being ourselves, our true authentic selves, we're going to attract the people that truly resonate with us and that truly do like us. So it's so important to embrace our authentic self, who we really are, so that we can conserve our energy by living in alignment with our values and our needs and our passions, which will in turn allow us to experience greater, greater levels of fulfillment and confidence because we're being ourselves. You know, I like to say people are going to judge you for what you do do and also for what you don't do. Like they're truly going to judge you no matter what. So you might as well be yourself. I know that's easier said than done sometimes, but I promise the more that you do be yourself, the more you're going to attract the people that truly resonate with you and the more energy you're going to find yourself having because you're not trying to fit in and draining all this energy by suppressing your actual personality or whatever it is that you are attempting to hide. So those are the seven things. Let's do a quickie recap. These seven little known things, possibly draining your energy. Number one, trying to remember too many things. Number two, staying in fear instead of stepping into the unknown towards what you want. Number three, neglecting personal boundaries by saying yes to everything. Number four, holding on to toxic relationships or friendships. Number five, too much multitasking and constant distractions. Number six, overconsumption of not so healthy coping mechanisms. And number seven, not being yourself. I hope that this was valuable for you in some way. Maybe something resonated. Maybe you have found an energy leak that you can now go in and plug up in order to have more energy. Either way, let me know if this episode resonated. You can find me over on Instagram at design your dream year. Send me a DM. I would love, love, love to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening. 
even despite the interruptions from the trimmers and the mowers outside. Thank you for rolling with it. And remember, every day you have the opportunity to intentionally cultivate the life of your dreams through your thoughts and your actions. You are a freaking powerful creator, so get out there and live your best life, and I will see you next time. And before you go, I created a free gift for you that I think you are going to love. It is my super helpful, if I do say so myself, manifestation cheat sheet that lists the seven essential steps to follow in order to manifest anything you want, including three powerful tips for how to seriously speed up the manifestation process. These are the exact same steps that I have followed to manifest my dream business, my dream partner who is now my husband, my dream apartment. I have followed these steps to hit my big financial goals, to manifest better health, and so much more. You can print off this cheat sheet if you want and put it somewhere where you're going to see it every day for easy reference. You can save it to your phone, whatever you want. I'm also including a powerful guided meditation that goes along with it to help you release any anxiety, worry, or doubt so that you can truly feel your absolute best, which speeds up the manifestation process even more. To get my seven-step manifestation cheat sheet and guided meditation for free, all you have to do is take just two seconds to rate this podcast. And if you are feeling inspired, feel free to write a sentence or two about why you enjoy it. And then before you hit submit on your review, Take a screenshot of it and simply email it to my team over at hello at designyourdreamyear.com. Again, that's hello at designyourdreamyear.com, and we will send those free goodies right on over to you. Rating and reviewing the podcast is the best way to help me out and to support the show because that is what tells the algorithm to actually show my podcast to other people. So I want to give you a free gift to show how much I appreciate you and how much I appreciate you taking the time to do that. So thank you so, so, so freaking much. And I will see you in the next episode.